Welcome to B-Movies and eBooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And we got a humdinger of an episode for you. And I can't remember <laughs> uh, the the uh, uh, episode title the number? number off the top of my head. It's 140 something. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the 140s. Plus, uh, they're not right anyway, because we had some unnumbered episodes that were just like, uh, you know, like, let's talk about Freddy, (laughs) you know, that kind of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had we've had we've had bonus episodes and we've had half episodes. Remember when we used to go like we had like episodes like, can you uh, separate the artist from the art and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I think that was in light of uh, Bill Cosby. (laughs) I really do. I think that it was like, and ironically, we didn't talk about him. No, no, no. We talked. I about believe Lovecraft. we talked about Phil Spector. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we always talk about Lovecraft, but like, I think we mentioned like Phil Spector, also. Yeah. Didn't we? That's yeah, I, I, I mean, if not, recently. we should. Yeah, we, <laughs> we should have if we didn't. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, on this episode, we are covering the drive-in by Joe R. Lansdale and the Shutter film Anything for Jackson. But before we get into any of that, what's new with you, Brian? Uh, not too much. <laughs> All right. Yeah, nothing really is new with me. Thanks for I asking. I was actually going to ask. Oh wow. Um, I I read uh, Jeff Strand's book, The Writing Life. Uh, oh, yeah? fantastic read. It's basically just get this about his life as a writer. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pretty crazy. But I read that um, and I finished. I don't know if I finished it before last episode. So I hate if we're covering double territory, but um, autumn bleeds into winter. I don't know if, if we could talked about it on here. I don't think so. Well, anyway, I recommend both. Uh, we won't get into uh, details on either, except for uh, I recommend them both. And with that, I uh, really don't have much in the way of news, and I don't have I much in the way c- of my normal life. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of things. Um, nothing huge, though. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but I did see, while I'm remembering, um, I did finally watch The Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. I liked it a whole lot. Yeah, it was really good. It was a, it was a, it was a lot darker than I was expecting. Did that make my top 20? <laughs> I think it was on your f- honorable mentions. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was really, really Maybe. Good. I liked it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I don't know that it's horror or thriller or what genre it is. I, I think it, it borderlines thriller. You know, if if because I always think about thriller mm-hmm. for some reason, the prototypical thriller movie to me mm-hmm. is Cape Fear. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I don't know why it's like that's my yardstick by which I measure thrillers. Mine is, Cape is Fear. Thriller, the music video by Michael Jackson. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so let down. Yeah, I'm let down by the lack of dancing I'm seeing in most thrillers. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, but I feel like it, it definitely has, especially towards the end, like like a similar kind of vibe. Not as Cape Fear, but like just a thriller vibe. But yeah, I don't know. You know what would have been cool if um since the last episode, if we had gotten rich off that Wall Street bets? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, dude, I've made like. Dude, I, bucks. I doubled my money on Doge. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I only threw in 30 bucks. So yeah. <laughs> my 60 bucks is looking pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that's our investing corner. That's a new uh, thing we're floating here. <laughs> that's our that's our new thing. It, and every week it's going to be like, man, I wish we would have done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the same thing. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I did have one thing of news, actually, now that okay. I think about it. Did you see the trailer to the new Danzig horror film? Uh, No. Which one is it? Um, shit, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a western, and everyone's a zo- or everyone's a vampire. Okay, it's called called Dark Rider in the House of Vampires, and I know we talked about it, but it was before a trailer came out. Yeah, because I think we talked about it whenever. Um, I want to say either like it was when um yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, a friend of the show, Robert Dean, sent me the trailer. <laughs> yeah, th- we talked about it whenever he was on. Whenever was Robert on, Dean was on. He was on to talk about Veronica, right? I know, but... but oh, it he's was been part on of once the, since then. Yeah, it was, it was like part of the news that like I had... Um, I think I had heard that it was coming out or whatever. And we talked about it a little bit. But it was before any trailer or anything. Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, there's two things that uh, that I, I wanted to talk about. Uh, so that being one of them, it's got... So Devin Sawa's name is Dark Rider, and he's literally in a house of vampires. And that's... Everyone's a vampire. And like Danzig... <laughs> Dan, Danzig... Wait. Said he's Devin like... Sawa? <laughs> Devin Sawa? Devin Sawa. Doesn't even look like him. I think he's gotten like real into like... I don't know, working out or something, you know, <laughs> he just looks different. Um, it could also be that it's been 20 years since Final Destination yeah. and all those movies that he was in. But uh, so Casper, he was uh, so it's Devin Sawa, um, Eli Roth, Danny Trejo. Uh, it's like a lot of like, you know, uh, horror. Uh, I not icons. I. You know, various horror people <laughs> that are involved in it. And then um, I would say even including Devin Sawa, those are horror icons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, Kim Director, uh, who was the gothic uh, girl on uh, what was that? Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows. She's mm-hmm. in it. Um, I like that movie. Yeah, I do, too. Everyone hates it, but I like it. Um uh, and it's it looks fun. Like it it looks like it's better made than the other film, but it also it it's also kind of like just it looks like Hateful Eight, but with vampires. They're holed up in somewhere, and like I mean, I'm down. <laughs> I, I'm totally okay with that. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and if you're okay with moving on, yeah, Psycho yeah. Goreman. Did we talk about that on here? I don't think we did. Um, I think. Like, I think you mentioned it last week, but we have talked about it before when the trailer dropped like, oh, okay. a long time ago. Yeah, I saw it. Let's review it next episode. Like, let's okay. all review it. Uh, let's all, all of us. Well, well other <laughs> friend of the ep- of the show, uh, Troy Souza, asked if he could come on the thing and 
do that with us. And I forgot to vet it through you, but I figured it was cool. So I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, let me talk to Brian, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> so it, in case anyone's wondering how, how hard it is to catch a spot on this show, <laughs> shoot me a message. It's just literally talk to one of us. <laughs> literally, that's it. Um, but yeah, so I would like to, I, I'd like a chance to rewatch that anyway. It, it's fun. I uh, won't go into it further, but Psycho Goreman next episode. Um, and yeah, that's it for, for me. You got anything else? Um, there is a Cloverfield sequel in the works. Oh, yeah. Like a true Cloverfield sequel. What? It wasn't uh, the script to another movie that they just shoved Cloverfield over? <laughs> no. Um, no, but it's like gonna be the the same like you know and and an actual sequel to the original cloverfield so in with the monster and everything that sort of thing i don't think it's gonna be found footage anymore um but you know it doesn't need to be no right um but i'm super excited i actually rewatched cloverfield the other day Mm -hmm. just to because i haven't seen it in a while Mm-hmm. It, it is like it really holds up yeah but anyway so i'm excited about that um as far as i know it is not gonna be directed by reeves again um because you know he's on the batman and stuff but yeah that's kind of all the the that's kind of all the information we have on it at the moment is mm-hmm. that it's just gonna happen finally apparently but yeah. Well, cool. And then, um, that's pretty much it. There was a thing about the Friday the 13th lawsuit that's still going on because like, wait, I don't know. There's really not very much development about that. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been like, that lawsuit's been brewing forever, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it's still going on. And, like, it's crazy because there's actually a new Friday the 13th that's slated to be released, like, soon. Hmm. Um, and it keeps, like, I think it keeps getting delayed, well, because of COVID and stuff like that. But, and then all this legal stuff. I'm trying to find it um, when it's supposed to be slated. Because I've seen it on, like, the upcoming movies on IMDb. Yeah. That's uh, this one. Hmm. Well, yeah. um, yeah, uh, you know, a few years ago, they were floating the idea of doing a found footage Friday the 13th. And at the time I was like, that's stupid, but that would have been kind of cool. Like <laughs> just for variety, you know, Yeah. but hmm. whatever it could be. Yeah. Has a potential, but, uh, anyway, uh, you want to get into the book first? Sure. All right. We'll be right back right after this. All right, we're back. That was jazz. Some kind of jazz. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. Yeah, so we are talking The Drive-In by Joe R. Lansdale. <clears throat> and this book came out, what was that? Did it say 88? If I'm, man, so we were busy being five years old when this book came out. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, so <laughs> I guess I could have pulled up a summary, but really, um, these kids go to the drive-in, and then something cosmic happens, and their lives are never the same. <laughs> or is that a- okay? So how how spoilery are we going to be for a thirty year old book? I'd say pretty spoilery. Okay. Um. All right. So first off, I want to ask this. Um. What the fuck? Is this <laughs> <laughs> is this like proto Bizarro? I would say yes, and I would say that it also, uh, it, it probably fits the metric for even Splatterpunk. Yeah, I mean, like, is because I was thinking about this, because Bizarro, like, as a literary movement, is pretty, like... Recent. New. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's like, this this book being out in 88... Is this one of the first like forays into bizarro fiction? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it it's weird because it's like it's like it is bizarro, but also like it's not. You know, it seems yeah. like the stakes are kind of lower on bizarro uh, on most bizarro things whereas they didn't feel that low on this. Um, mm-hmm. And that could be, you know, I've, I've got pretty limited exposure to Bizarro. I've read a couple Carlton Mellick stuff. We've read a couple things on the podcast. Some Kevin mm-hmm. Strange, some, you know, just uh, like things that are kind of all over that that map. Um, and so, but neither of us are like big Bizarro heads. We both like it. Yeah. But I would say... Uh, from my perspective, I, yes, this was uh, kind of the whole, uh, this was like a velvet underground to punk, (laughs) 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 you know, as it relates to Bizarro. Velvet underground always wipes me out because they're like 20 years earlier than you expect them to be. Yeah. For their sound. Yeah. Yeah, and like, like that album with Nico was in like 1966. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, um, you know, I went, I got recently into a huge Velvet Underground kick only because my phone just started playing them off my iPhone library, and I was like, ah, why not? Let's just keep this riding, you know. Uh, and so. Uh, yeah. Ends with you in an alley listening to metal machine music over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with me doing heroin. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, uh, back to the book. I think that yeah, you're right. It does. It is uh, kind of. Uh, I, it struck I, me as. I'm bizarre. not saying it's. I'm not saying it's full blown bizarro, but I feel like it's like proto bizarro. It definitely was like a love letter and indictment of. Film <laughs> like, and and uh, horror, but not horror, and also bizarro and not bizarro. It was its own thing, and yeah. and you know I've read a little bit of Lansdale. I haven't read a whole ton of Lansdale. But First book we ever covered was a Lansdale book. Yeah, episode one. Well, but it was a Lansdale short story, right? Like, yeah, and it was like a crime. Yeah, crime book. I will say Lansdale might be. It, 
in terms of everything I've read paying off and being awesome, he's at like 100% for me. <laughs> but uh, sorry to spoil my feelings on this this book. Um, this was a crazy... So let's kind of get into spoilers. These what, kids, what about what about his... Um, his work on uh, Batman the Animated Series, though. Those three episodes? Uh, yeah. You, you say they were some of the best three episodes. I haven't watched uh, Batman the Animated Series much since I was a kid. I, I've watched probably one. I, I have watched one full. I don't even know if it's series or volume. However, Amazon split it up. Uh, one of them was on Prime, and I watched all of that while working out one day. I mean, not in one day, but like in one stretch uh, of working out. Um <clears throat> but I don't remember really much about story arcs and stuff. So, but I love that series when I was a kid. Um, great. Uh, but yeah, this, this, if we want to spoil some of this, um, an extended summary would be these kids go to see a, a bunch of horror films, uh, with one of their, it's like a group of three kind of just, run-of-the-mill high school kids there's one average kid one quote-unquote kind of more shit stirrer type kid and one like quiet nerdy kid and then they have an older friend that is like 19 or something and he's an actual shit stirrer uh like he's (laughs) tough and he uh, he's he's the older kid who smokes cigarettes in the leather jacket yes he's the rudy to their monster squad yeah (laughs) so um and so it, he and the, they, uh, you know, they all go down to the drive-in to catch out these horror films uh, that they every week they would go see monster movies. And all of a sudden, a comet comes down, smiles at them, and then the outside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything turns white. Then the outside of the drive-in is almost like the edge of the world. It's like this goop yeah. that this black goop that uh, will kind of reduce you into nothing if you touch it. So they're stuck in this drive-in for what feels like an eternity. Uh, you know, with it, their, it's oh, very unclear. Their only metric of time. To them. Yeah, yeah. Their only metric of time is how often the movies play. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it's not like... They were the only ones experiencing this. You know, everyone at the drive-in is fully aware of what's happening. And, uh, yeah, it, and it's just watching basically this small society. And this is, a, this is a big drive-in. It's like six screens, like 4,000 people yeah. in it. Yeah, and so, so it devolves anyway. into kind of a splintered, a splintered it is, uh, civilization. It is uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it and then a weirder things happen from there um yeah. you know i i did know now i will say all right so you said this took you completely by surprise uh and yeah i knew that about the popcorn king i knew uh-huh. like prior to reading i knew uh, that the popcorn king was a character that was going to happen in it um yeah and I knew that it was going to be weird. I didn't. So I, I did know that much. But yeah, this is a bizarre. <laughs> I mean, totally bizarre book. I mean, it is it is out of the ordinary. I haven't uh, read 
anything uh, like this in quite some time. Um, it really, even with the expectation, you know, that I knew that it was going to get weird, it mm-hmm. really still caught me by surprise. Like, what in the hell am I reading? Um, that's Oddly enough, though, to me, it never felt like out of the ordinary. Like, even even when the Popcorn King came on the scene, and then even when it got weirder after the Popcorn King, like, it, it never felt like it was... It, it always felt like it was an extension of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, not like it was doing things just to do things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it always felt like a, a logical extension of where the story would go. You know what? Um, what as I, much as the Popcorn King can be logical. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I did not mean to cut you off just then, but uh, just to tail on yeah. what you said, uh, what I think grounds it in a reality, uh, even this craziness is the dialogue. Joe Lansdale yeah. has like some of the coolest dialogue I've, I've read, you know, I mean, most of the time it plays into the plot, but a lot of the time it doesn't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Do you remember, like, Bone Tomahawk uh, when the guy just starts talking about his little flea circus while they were stuck in jail? Uh, and yeah. It kind of, his dialogue reminds me of that. <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, most of life kind of plays into your plot points, but a lot of talk, <laughs> a lot of talking doesn't. Well, it, and plus, if you're going to be stuck in a, you know, some weird uh, drive-in for eternity, then you probably run out of things to talk about, and you just kind of talk about whatever, you know. But I do think that, um, you know, especially between the um, Jack, the main character, our point of view character, mm-hmm. and Bob, um, it it felt like completely realistic you know what i mean like and and even with um oh, i forgot the other guy's name not willard um the third friend the nerdy one no oh. oh god randy randy yeah and and it's like especially with like that group you know you really feel like it's an actual group of three friends you know what i mean like it doesn't feel like anything is forced. Like the you know the dialogue is realistic, and you know e- entertaining, um, but it doesn't feel like, and they all feel like distinct characters. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> I uh, I'm very very happy <laughs> with with the fact that we chose this. I, I'd love to read the sequel uh, as well. Um, the, you know, like you said, these characters all felt real. Now, I do think once something happens to Randy and Willard, um, they're no longer quite as relatable, but I believe that that's kind of by design. I think they were more relatable, Craig. (laughs) Um, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you, um, if you've read it, but it is, um, I think one thing that really worked so well with this also uh, is the fact that you did have these two characters grounded in reality 
in a completely surreal situation where a lot of the other characters are not grounded in reality. And and I don't mean just in terms of like supernatural stuff, but in terms of like, you know, uh, devolving into craziness. You know, at one point you see there's a little girl that would walk her dog uh, every day. <laughs> and then... At one point, uh, her dad just kind of goes crazy, you know, because these people are stuck in in, in this drive-in like forever, you know. And so her dad kind of goes crazy and just starts going on a rampage and someone shoots him and then she's like, two points. Like yeah. to me, <laughs> that marked a, oh shit, this is going to get real bizarre. That was like a dividing line in the book. Yeah. Um, and What's funny is, like, to me, it also kind of, um, I guess, rang a little a, a little more true because of quarantine mm-hmm. and stuff and how we've all been basically stuck in our houses for a year. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I don't know, it, it's just. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, fi- finding finding entertainment in the little things. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> you know, kind like of, people getting shot in front of you. Yeah, didn't really land the dismount with that comparison, Brian. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, being stuck in a, a surreal situation, I'm sure, I was thinking about that the other day. I wonder if we're changed people, uh, you know, psychologically after quarantine. It, it, and we say quarantine, but really, it's ha- having to hang out at your house more than normal, and not even yeah. having to. It's not like we're nobody. At least in Texas, no one gives a shit if you're not yeah. hanging out at your house. Uh, but but uh, you know, you and I basically largely have chosen to. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know when you when you put it like that, <laughs> huh? Uh, but yeah, it, it's the responsible thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i have wondered if uh you know if there are long-term uh psychological effects from mm, not complete but a lot of social isolation from you know at least currently because you know other Probably. than this <laughs> i would imagine i was germaphobic before this <laughs> That just felt like you were just sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, like, in terms of that, like, eh, that hadn't changed much. But, yeah. yeah. So, um, what did you like? What did you not like about this book? You know, like, I don't know if there was actually anything I didn't like. Like, to be honest with you, um, you know, the, the... the characters were interesting, even like the side characters, um, like the dude who's like the town crier going from lot to lot, like letting people in on the news and stuff like that. There was a bunch of, you know, interesting, unique characters that all had their own kind of voice. It was um, it, it, w- it was an interesting setting and kind of even like <sighs> sort of a... Um, I don't know if this was intended or not, but almost a commentary on like desensitization, like over horror movies and stuff too. Like if you watch enough, then it starts to kind of like not even worry about you anymore. Like he talks about at one point, you know, he's seen Leatherface so many times 
that he starts to be like a sympathetic character. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like some uh, th- something about like he's good at cooking or something like that too. <laughs> right? But it's like that sort of thing, you know, it's like, um, you know, so there's uh, some, some deeper commentary hid- hidden beneath the surface of, of just, you know, Lord of the flies and a drive through and, or a drive in. And, I don't know. Like there was, there was really nothing that I didn't like. It was, it, it kept me going, like turning page after page, trying to figure out what was going to happen next or trying to see what was going to happen next because it wasn't predictable. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I and I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, cause well, first of all, I had no idea what I was even getting into. Mm-hmm. And so then like, when the comet comes down and smiles at them, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah, I, went, I did reread that part twice. Wait, did I read that right? You know? Yeah, and it's like, you know, I had no idea where it was going to go, and it kept me turning pages to see, you know? Um, and and there was, like, some very brutal parts. There were some very, like, sad parts to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I think I think it was like incredibly well written. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I like the fact that <clears throat> excuse me, um that they put these people in in a uh suspension of time and space basically and directly confront uh the implications of, you know, existentialism, you know, mm-hmm. and uh your main character's going through a crisis of of faith and not even explicit faith where his religion's tested. It's more, he's almost a agnostic, agnostic, but wanting to believe character, you know, in general. And that was, that was, uh, that was, uh, you know, explicit before all of this, It, it mentioned that his, his shelves were lined with books of astrology and all sorts of, uh, you know, philosophy and stuff. And then the other characters just like, ain't nothing to it, Jack, man. Like people are animals. <laughs> people are son of a bitches. And so it's back and forth, them kind of going, uh, even though you're the character, Bob, that that's more of the devil's advocate, you know, ain't nothing to it. That guy, he doesn't really change, but Jack goes out searching for, uh, faith in the middle of this and gets burnt pretty quick. And I don't know that that's a indictment of faith itself, but that that de- that does kind of ring true with the grifters uh, surrounding faith and, and all of that. Uh, and so I, I I like that. I liked exactly what you said that that a this it was only what about 150 pages, 160 pages. It was short and sweet. It was, uh, but it. it- it felt like more than that in a good way, though. Yeah. Not that it was a slog to read, but that it was like that, like well, in like well developed. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It, it was like it was like you took a four hundred page book and edited it down with the best editor ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you kept all the details necessary uh, to not make it a slog, like you said. But but also, you know, it was a fully realized world. Um, he didn't cut corners with any of that, but it, mm-hmm. it was really, really good. Uh, there wasn't anything like that I could really critique at all in this. Um, you know, my you, only thing is the logic of how they didn't run out of hot dogs mm-hmm. until like way later. 
Yeah, the only thing I could think of is that <laughs> is that possibly uh, much in the same the miracles that the popcorn king was uh, restocking the popcorn. Maybe the hot dogs were somehow being cosmically restocked. That's that's exactly what I thought too. Is like you know t- to fit in with the whole like sort of almost limbo feel of things. It's like every day at a certain point, more hot dogs just showed up in yeah. the steamer. Mm-hmm. But that didn't make sense with later whenever they started running out of food. Yeah, well, that's... But later happened after the hot dog king... That's true. Or the hot dog... The popcorn king became the messenger of food. I can't believe, you know, later whenever the hot dog king and the popcorn king <laughs> fought together. <and> like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, no you know, this is... Yeah, there's no hot dog king. Uh, I might just start calling myself the hot dog king, though. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, it was it was so good. Um, I would say I would say that if anyone's into weird books, if anyone's into horror, if anyone is into comedy, like if anyone's into almost anything other than nonfiction, I would recommend this to them with the caveat that, hey, this gets a little violent, but, you know, (laughs) check it out. Like this is a to me this is a five out of five. It's like, a little violent. <laughs> it's a five out of five. Like there, it's it, totally it original. Really is. Like so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I've been. I was. I was like teetering on it. You know whether to go four and a half or five. But it's like I can't think of anything I didn't like. Yeah, can't think of anything uh, I didn't I, like. I can't feel think- like. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying, like, I can't think of anything that, you know, is, you know, that I that I don't like about it. And I feel like by definition, that has to be a five. (laughs) Yeah, well, that and mixed with how original, you know, the originality. And it's not like, you know, hey, we haven't seen this 20 times before. This is completely original. So, yeah. Yeah. This is a, hey, you know, we're, we're a tough podcast to get a five out of five on, but. Here it is. So, yeah, especially a double five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I think most of ours have been double fives that we've given fives, right? That's because we're basically the same person. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back <laughs> after this. All right. We're talking. Well, first, we're back, but also, <laughs> we're talking anything for Jackson, the brand new. Not brand new. Couple month old Shutter film. That's <laughs> still brand new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's new. Um, this yeah. is not at all the the movie I, I was thinking it was going to be. For some reason, I had it in my in my mind that this was a western. <laughs> is it the is it the like dusty colors on the um had to be on the, the poster had to be like. I don't know why it was in my mind that this was just straight up a Western. I did not know anything about this other than the synopsis uh, that, well, I mean, I I didn't know if like, you know, the synopsis doesn't say it doesn't specify when it was happening. So I thought it was just a Western where they were doing their reverse exorcism. Um, Reverse exorcism. That's totally exactly what it is, isn't it? Well, that's what it says in the synopsis. Uh, like, oh, that's not what I see on IMDb synopsis. Oh, no, I'm talking about the Shutter one. It's like, you know, they 
they bring so-and-so, uh, uh, you know, a pregnant woman to do a reverse exorcism. And that's really all that it is. Um, yeah, it's basically a bottle episode. Yeah, okay. Which is fine. So these people, uh, you know... Oh my Sorry. lord. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was happening there? It's an alarm on my phone. Mm. <laughs> what does that remind you to do? Just break some glass or something? <laughs> oh, no, it's the... Are we going to cut this out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I just I just noticed that I still have that effect on my background, on my video. Been the whole entire time. <laughs> yeah. I asked you, are you going to turn it off? And you said no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's time to change that background. But um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So these people, they lose their grandson. Um in, I assume, a car accident, um, because they they mentioned that there was an accident, and maybe they said it, I don't know, <laughs> but, but um, he's little, he's like probably three years old or something, and, yeah, four, uh, and the guy is like an OBG, uh, and he gets a pregnant woman, and they get some sort of ancient text, and they're going to... It's an ancient satanic text, and they're going to per perform a ritual to put the soul of their grandchild in her unborn child. Um, yes. And that is it in terms of plot. Yeah. And that also... I, I'll get it further into it later. Also is why I'm not too keen on this this because it was just strictly such a limited plot that they could have crammed that into 30 minutes and yet it, it just felt bloated to me um it, it felt bloated yeah yeah the, I mean it wasn't long it was an hour and a half but it should have been yeah. 30 45 minutes I don't know it, it wasn't it wasn't like a slow burn like house uh, you know house of the devil or any of those type. Ty West movies where it was dragging on purpose, but there was a lot that was dragging. Even even some of the ghost type characters, because spoilers, there's ghosts in this. Uh, <laughs> because, well, it makes sense why later. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's a lot like Insidious, where it it kind of their ritual kind of throws a beacon out uh into all these lost souls looking for a home yeah uh, and so there's just lots and lots of little ghosts and stuff like that exactly like how insidious they were trying to uh while the kid was in a coma they were looking for did you ever watch insidious uh no i missed that one i hear it's good though I like it. It gets a lot of hate. I understand all the hate. I don't think that they're wrong, but I liked it. It's a very loud movie. I saw it in theaters, maybe even twice in theaters. And I remember being like, holy shit, that's a loud movie. <laughs> Dude, do you remember when we went to go see Tank Girl with my mom? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And they had the theater up like the loudest it would go. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was ridiculous. And there's the scene where uh, 
what's his face? Um, the bad guy hits that plane of glass with his hand. And it was like the loudest thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> I still remember it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was when Tank Girl was in theaters. So, <laughs> dude, that may have been 30 years ago. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Uh, 95. All right. So, yeah, tw- 26 years ago. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, remember how Naomi Watts was the nerdy side character in that? Uh-huh. And then, like... Sub girl? Yeah, ten years later, it was like, oh, that was her? And yeah. then, like, 26 years later, I bring it up on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, <coughs> but yeah, it, so back to, back to this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, there were... Things in terms of tone, also, that I didn't really like. There was almost no levity at all in this movie. I mean, (laughs) does a a movie need, like, okay, if it's a movie about you putting the soul of a dead baby, (laughs) like, child to the baby, Uh like, against the mother's will, does it need comedic relief? Uh, Not really, but it would have been welcomed. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm weird because 90% of the things I like are horror, but I don't like, and not even that I don't like, I do like pitch black horror from time to time. I, it's just most of the things that I end up loving in books are very dark, but in movies are not. And I don't know why. Uh-huh. It's probably more on me than anything. You're right. This didn't yeah. really call for levity. Yeah, I, I I feel like if there would have been like a slapstick character or something in it, <laughs> you would be <laughs> calling that out as a weird addition, <laughs> and then calling it like tonally, you know, unbalanced or whatever. <laughs> Pretty tone deaf part. Whenever they <laughs> yeah, like think about like if that the the Ian guy, the the other Satanist came in and like slipped on blood like a banana peel you know like it would have been uh, awesome <laughs> and it would like <laughs> fell down <laughs> well, you know it's like okay so <laughs> I, all right i did think about that because you know this isn't a very this isn't a uh this isn't something i'm coming up on, with on the fly in terms of like that was something that bothered me that i thought about it but in terms of plot drag me to hell wasn't was a stream an extremely pitch black plot, but it had a lot of levity. It had a lot of like silly type slapstick ram. I know <laughs> what I'm saying is, did I like Drag Me to Hell better than this? Absolutely. Drag Me to Hell is a great movie, though. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's one of the few PG 13 horror films that I love. Elitist. <laughs> no, no, I mean. <laughs> No, there's there's some PG horror that I love. Jaws? Yeah. Of course, there's no well, way I mean, that would be... Back then, the, yeah. yeah, the rating system back then was a little weird. Yeah, it was like PG and then R. Until yeah, well... Indiana, uh, until Indiana Jones? Of the, yeah, Indiana Jones was the first, like, PG. PG. No. Yeah, PG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Planet of the Apes was G. Yeah. But <laughs> did it not deserve to be G? Oh, everyone should see that movie. I've never watched all of them. Really? Yeah. 
I have them all. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah, on DVD. <laughs> uh, they I, I are, never they get they get stupid. I never watched the remake uh, either. The one with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Really? Mm-mm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch the new ones? Uh, there were three, right? Yes. Because I saw two of them. Uh, that's pretty good, though. Huh? <laughs> that's pretty good for you, though. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, but they also didn't really have that whole Planet of the Apes feel. Especially Rise of Planet of the Apes didn't. Like, to me, it was, it was more of like a uh, Congo-type feel, <laughs> you know? Remember the movie Congo? It was all big for, and then everyone forgot about it. Yeah. If you go back and watch that movie now, like at the time, I remember being like, "How do they teach that monkey like sign language for you know?" And I know that they had done that with Coco, but Coco was kind of like the the outlier. But yeah, it's like the biggest like person in a suit. <laughs> like, oh yeah, absolutely. Congo has some of the worst, shittiest monkey effects, but they blew my like eight year old mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, so right, let's get back to this film. So, so this movie, like, I had no idea really. Like, you know, if I don't know what the movie is for the podcast, I don't do any sort of research to see what it's about. You know, same thing with the books or whatever, because I want to go into it blind without any sort of um, preconceived notions. Right. But so like this one, I did not know exactly what it was. And it didn't come right out and say like the IMDb thing says a bereaved Satanist couple. Right. But you don't feel like they're Satanists, especially the man. He. They're not, it's almost like they, they found the book as a way to bring the kid back versus them being Satanists. That's exactly what I thought. And then there's a scene in the middle of it where they go to a community center, right, to go do their Satanist group. And, like, I laughed at it because it was just the ridiculous of this, of this, like, old couple going to a community center to worship Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're like doing it in like the, you know, the, um, the, the, what's it called? Um, the conference room of like a library. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just worshiping Satan and eating cookies. Yeah. And stuff. And it was ridiculous. Um, but, so some of it just seemed a little strange to me. Um, but, I don't know. It wasn't that bad. Uh, the the one like ghost. There was one ghost that actually did creep me out um, because I have this thing for like losing teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that ghost thing was, just kept flossing its teeth off over and over. Yeah, what a, I did not like that. What a terrible <laughs> way to spend purgatory, huh? Just oh god. <laughs> um, yeah. It, I, so there were some, there were some cool moments to it. Um, I, you know, I generally like the idea behind it. Um, even though it's also the, I, the, the same plot. Um, what was that, uh, Southbound? Was that the name of that, that anthology? Yeah. And they were trying to put a demon in that pregnant girl. Yeah. I mean, that's been done. I mean, I mean, it's also basically the omen yeah. and Rosemary's baby. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say that's been done over and over. I think the difference was trying to put a dead kid back. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the plot of House of the Devil, too. I mean, she's just not pregnant. Uh, they, and that's the plot of the last exorcism. Good God. That's the plot of every, of every, uh, you know, devil horror film. Um, but no, I mean, it was, it was original in that way and it wasn't bad. I didn't like regret spending time on this film. It just didn't really do it for me in terms of, you know, I I think most of that is just kind of my sensibilities versus, uh versus the expectations and much like you uh, you know i don't really i try not to look at any reviews or anything prior to doing the podcast or prior to watching it or anything like that i want to make sure that uh you know i'm not feeding off of other people's expectations and and all of that uh unless it's something that you know it's something as long as it's something that's kind of a hidden gem um and that said, uh, I do, you know, check out the the summaries and all. And uh, it's blowing my mind right now that this is sitting at a 98% at Rotten Tomatoes. I just checked it. Because... Mm-hmm. Well, that just means that 98% of critics rated like, it, you know, middle of the road or better. Yeah, for sure. But still, that's an insanely high average. Uh, yeah. But, Especially for a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so, I, that makes me feel like I'm missing something. Because I liked it. I didn't, uh, it didn't really do a whole lot for me in terms of, you know, hey, it was shot well. It was acted well. It didn't appear to be cheap, even though it, it was, you know, as you said, a bottle episode. It's all, largely yeah. one location. Uh, very Yeah, it didn't cast. feel cheap. Yeah. Uh, very well made. Creepy. I could see this creeping out somebody that's not into horror films, you know, like Mm -hmm. actually scaring the shit out of somebody. Um, but it it didn't really, it's not that it didn't hold my attention. It didn't, I didn't find that it was creepy enough to warrant, uh, any buzz on that level. And it may just be that I'm desensitized. (laughs) Um, but yeah. but it also like i said no levity uh, th- there were certain things that just kind of didn't really bode well with my sensibilities now that said it's, it was a fine it was a fine movie um but i i just didn't really enjoy it that much mhm i mean i think that's fair you know i think i probably liked it a little bit better than you did mm-hmm. um you know, I, I'm a sucker for like the sort of occulty things like that. Um, I kind of wish they had gone more into um, the, I guess, maybe their backstory a little bit more, you know, like with the I, I was interested in that book because it was like, where did he even get that? And it's like just kind of a throwaway line of he tracked it down. It's like, well, what? You know, um, I, I realized it was just a and it really wasn't that important right but um you know it's like i liked it i liked the idea that our main characters were older yeah um i feel i feel like that's not something because okay so my wife and i we watch a lot of crappy movies especially on the weekends and um she's big into like british movies and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's kind of weird how often a British movie 
will have like the main characters be like middle-aged or even older like even in like romance movies and stuff like that there's like there's like old people romance movies in britain and they don't do that in the u.s right it's like it's like everybody's got to be young and sexy. In, in the U.S., in the U.S., you age out at like twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I, I thought it was kind of an interesting thing that you know you have two like I don't want to call them elderly because they're not elderly, but like they're elderly. Two. If that's not elderly, I don't know what is. They're straight up old. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Um, they were in their seventies, Brian. Jeez. No, well, I mean, okay. The 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 guy Julian Richings, the guy who plays Death in Supernatural. Uh huh. Um, he's sixty five. Okay, but so, his character in the movie, yeah, straight up a seventy year old man. Yeah, and and so it's like I liked I liked that it was that I thought that was kind of a you know an interesting thing that we're following these two elderly people. Um. So, I don't know. I, I think it was not a bad movie at all, right? I, you know, I generally like the plot, even though it's something that we've seen before. thought it was well acted, thought it looked good. Um, you know, it felt, it felt like they spent the, mo- the little money they had on what they needed to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, some, of the, some of the gore effects. They had to and, hire and- that one contortionist. Yeah, <laughs> that dude is in like everything now. <laughs> um, but but it's like I don't know. They it's it's like they they did it very smartly. You know, it's like they they spent the money where they needed to, and you know saved where they where they could and kind of stretched it out. I I liked it. Um, I mean, I don't think it was super groundbreaking or anything like that. But I'd say, you know, for me personally, it's like a three and a half. Yeah. For me personally, it's it's a three. Like, yeah. It, it's, See, so both of us would be in that positive rating on the Rotten Tomatoes. No, I didn't. I didn't say that this is a bad movie at all. It just didn't. I it didn't. Nothing felt special, but it was competently made. You know, uh-huh. I don't know that I'd go out of my way to be like, bro, you got to watch anything to Jack or anything for Jackson. I don't know that I would go out of my way to mumble bro and then random shit about the film getting it right or wrong to somebody. Yeah. Bro, Jackson. Like, like, who, who are, are you? you? Who are you even talking to? And what like are you in a bar or something? Like what's what's going on? I'm not talking to anyone, you know, as we as we have established. <laughs> Just putting it out into the ether. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, you can't see my background, but okay. I mean, I can see the fake house you put behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. But yeah, I, you know, hey, check it out if you got if you got uh, Shutter. You know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 got some. Um, I don't know. It's got some interesting things to it. You know, I liked it, but I don't think it was, you know, super groundbreaking. No, not at all. Um, so anyway, there's our lukewarm review. Um, but, but we did, we did at least choose two, uh, weirder type things this week. Yeah. So anyway, both well, have that subplot about faith. 
Yeah, sort of. <laughs> I mean, I guess that anything for Jackson did. Yeah. But, yeah. Satanism well, is also a faith, Craig. <laughs> what? Don't don't be so close-minded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is, but <laughs> these people... <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, anyway. <laughs> these people were... <laughs> I felt like they, they really... Now, the guy that they consulted was into it, but they they were just, you know, it was a means to an end to bring back their dead grandkid. But, yeah, I, you know, the other thing real quick that didn't really sit that well with me was the vagueness of the ending. Yeah. It had a super vague ending where it was just like, remember this, 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 and this, we're throwing it all at the screen and black. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, it just makes you think. No. I, I literally just remembered that. It's like, how did that movie even end? And then like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, man. But, all right. Well, we'll be back next episode. Um, we do Psycho Gorman. Psycho Gorman. And uh, we got a review copy of a book from Brian Asman, but I don't know the name of the book. I should have been more prepared. Uh, oh, we usually don't even say what we're going to do. what? We don't even usually say what we're going to do for the next episode. Yeah, we don't. Uh, Jail Broke by Brian Asman. So if you have an early review copy of that, <laughs> check that out with us. And uh, <laughs> otherwise, we'll be talking Psycho Gourmet. All right, we'll be back. <laughs>